0: This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen, on the web at blackmountainzen.org, Our public offerings are made possible by the kind donation from people like you. Good
1: afternoon and good evening,
2: wherever you may be. Um... So, we, we, as usual, we'll, we'll, we'll sit, and then we will discuss
1: the, uh, what it was like to practice with that
2: paramita, the paramita kashanti, patience. Uh, I often think
1: that, um, you know, thinking of the Four Noble Truths, the first Noble Truth being, the, the the truth of dukkha the, this uh usually translated as suffering suffering
2: uh,
1: maybe we can say an existential discomfort that sometimes uh becomes intense in other times it is just
2: a kind of a background unsettledness. Um, and how kushanti patience uh, addresses that. Mm-hmm. And, and how easily it is for us to let that discomfort become
1: discontent, agitation, annoyance, anger. And then our own psychological makeup will respond to that in in the patterns that it has developed over the years of our life. Uh, And how wonderful it is and how significant it is to unpack that, to learn from it, to learn how to be skillful and compassionate with it. So we'll start by sitting. And if you can
2: think about, or not think about, maybe sit with the disposition of patience. Maybe as you sit,
1: um, your body or mind will express some unsettledness, some discomfort. Maybe some expression of resistance to
2: what your experience is. Can you be patient with that? Uh, Maybe your mind will think of thoughts that will preoccupy you uh,
1: despite your sincere intention to just sit in presence. Can you be patient with that? Maybe your mind will conjure up uh, thoughts and feelings of how you've been harmed or hurt. Uh,
2: can you be patient with that? Can you draw that patience into, into the breath, you know allowing, releasing, with the exhale, accepting and opening with the inhale? Okay, so let's start to sit, and as you sit, as you start to sit, giving ourselves as an instruction, Reminding ourselves, quite simply, this is being, not doing. That's a shift. A request. That we can never tell ourselves too often. And the act of expression of that is noticing what's already happening. When awareness is just offered to the moment, what becomes notable? Is it a sound? Is it an emotion? Is it sensations in the body? Whatever it is, however it is, can it simply be noticed? Noticed so deeply that it's felt, that it's experienced. Bringing awareness to the body. Noticing the sensations that are put together and called body. Letting body open. out of doing, but in and allowing. Letting breathing happen. Maybe starting with releasing with the exhale. Like a deep sigh. Tender and compassionate. Opening to the inhale. Yes, I will be this moment, this experience, this life. In the first several breaths, be this deliberate, releasing, allowing. An accompaniment to awareness of body and breath, and noticing anything and everything that arises. So be it. And, in a moment, I'll ring the bell and transition, very deliberately, noticing as carefully as you can
1: what it is to transition, how it affects your state of mind,
2: your mental activity, the connection to the body of the breath, or anything else that's notable. You know, over the years, I, I've come to think of the English word,
1: notice, or notice the verb, noticing, um, as a, uh, it's, it's quite descriptive. I wish I knew the Slovenia equivalent.
2: Anyone from Slovenia like to offer the equivalent of, of noticing? I think everybody's muted, so...
1: Oh, (laughs) maybe that's the equivalent. (laughs) Um, Are they unmuted now? Well, maybe I'll continue and you can
2: uh, consider it. Um, David... I, I
3: David now you're yeah. David G said Opa
0: Ziti. Maybe I'll find David and try to unmute him. There you are.
1: Oh Bulgarian. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. <laughs> Opa Ziti. Edit? Positi um positive. Opositive. Opositive. Sorry, could you say it again? O positive. Positive. Um, thank you. And, and and the finder of Soto Zen in Japan, he said this key ingredient is what the buddhas taught or the zen ancestors taught it carries the heart of zen way and then so each of us each time we sit exploring discovering,
2: learning from something that we're innately capable of doing. And then in the process,
1: seeing all the other things we do (laughs) that contradict that, that complement that, that carry us away, uh, that perplex us, agitate us, delight us, inspire us, enthuse us, you know, uh, the the whole
2: panorama of becoming alive.
1: And, and, and in the Paramis, you know, the, the first three, as I was saying last week, the, the first three, you know, that generosity of giving and receiving, and and the the disposition that allows that to be lived, the giving and receiving. And then the sila, the staying on track, the the staying close to what it is to make a life more conscious, to what it is to be more attentive and engaged, in what you are and how you
2: are, and then in last week's paramita kashanti, you know, this way that life, and and as the first noble truth, uh,
1: the suffering, you know, is described as not getting what you want and getting what you don't want, no. how utterly basic, how utterly Um, direct and how utterly timeless you know so Shakyamuni thought that up 2,500 years ago living in northern India in the Gandharan plains the, the, the son of a noble family in that area and
2: and the very same phrase totally applies to every one of our lives Uh, and and it asks for this kashanti, this patience.
1: And in a few moments, I I hope you had time to read it and reflect on it. Uh, You know, certainly we can look at the
2: human history and see how Our, our, our history of conflict, you know, whether it's with our next door neighbor,
1: or whether it's with our next door country, you know, how um, our impatience, the agitation it creates, the
2: aggression it creates, uh, has permeated our, our collective history. You, often
1: in Highly significant and impactful ways.
2: And then within each of us. And so these three paramitas, the first three, they're to loosen up the unrelenting uh, reactiveness. To, to
1: try to create a, a spaciousness, a, a capacity for responsiveness, a capacity to let something register before we reactively
2: respond. And, and,
1: and then in, in, the, in the yoga of the paramitas, this is the turning point. They collectively they create the capacity to respond rather than react, the, the capacity to be intent and in, intentional r- rather than impulsive or, or just lost in uh,
2: compulsion. You know, the, the, the impulse to act without consideration. But before we go further into that, um,
1: you know, what I was trying to say about Kashanti is that as we practice it, uh, there, there can be an,
2: a, an involvement that loosens, you no? Know? can we tolerate the impact of an experience that's unpleasant? And then without either running away from it or becoming aggressive around it, um, can we stay with it?
1: And can we stay with it and start to learn from it. In our learning from it, can we, um, whether we agree with it or not, whether we think it was appropriate or not, can we begin to see it for what it is rather than just be lost in
2: what it's stirred up for us? Very basic human request that our body asks of us
1: rather than our body being knotted in agitation that our mind asks of us rather than being lost in
2: distress discontent resentment uh, that our relationships ask of us
1: Rather than just see the people close to us
2: as the cause of that inner turmoil. Um, and, and then the reflections I offered, and I
1: hope, you know, not to say that what came to my mind and what I wrote down is the way, you know, may, maybe in reading them you thought, hmm, if I turn it this way if I rephrase it this way or if I give it a different emphasis
2: it works better by all means how can one human being know the teaching that applies to everyone or is there even a teaching that applies to everyone Um,
1: so I don't know whether we should discuss it as a large group or, uh, you know. So obviously, I hope it's obvious. You could tell to my mind, this is a very significant paramita. And um, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could have a show of hands. And how you, how you put up your hand is you click on participants. And when you click on it, on the bottom, on, a, on an apple on the bottom uh, the screen pops up on the bottom right hand corner it says raise hand uh, and so let's let's vote uh, either we see so if you would like to break out into small groups we'll break out into groups of
2: seven or eight um uh, so if you'd like to do that Click on
1: participants at the bottom of your screen and click on raise your hand if you'd like to break out. And if you rather just stay in one large group, then you don't need to click on it. So if you could do that now and we'll see um,
2: what the majority of us would like to do. I wonder, does everybody
0: know how to do it? Only 12 people have raised that. 13.
1: Yeah. Well, what... Jean, why don't you unmute everyone? And then, if what I said... I'm going ...didn't s- apply to your
3: computer... Oh. Okay.
2: There you go. Great.
1: Okay. And... We will record it for your benefit. You can look at it later or listen to it later. And if later you think, oh, I would like what I said to be removed, that's fine. We'll do that too. Um, So uh, don't uh, concern yourself that maybe you'll blurt out something and later regret it. (laughs) We'll have that option. so how was it to work with, to the practice with uh, patients anyone got any
2: comments or anecdotes or questions Please Catherine go ahead Oh you have to unmute we, we, there you go.
0: I found your, um, your you, the email you sent, Paul, I found that extremely f- helpful. And it brought me through a whole process of reflecting. Um, I have five sisters, and I'm very annoyed with one sister at the moment. And um, just her behaviour, and somehow I feel very controlled by her. So um, I found the process of um, the reflections that you sent really helpful to to not get caught into the drama of it or the resentment of it, but to stay with to stay with it as it is, you know, and to stay with myself as it is you know to somehow shift in my awareness of it and my
2: um being able to stay with it patiently um, mm. and i think
0: i think it's a practice this practice of patience i had never really and studied patience in such great depth before and I think it's really really comes into very uh, in huge aspects of my life as I reflect on it and um, <clears throat> there is a, in our culture um, a huge impatience um, and just to be aware of Of that, and to beware of my own impatience with life and with myself, with another person. It's 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 very
2: profound. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for your comments.
3: I think I'm next in the row is that is that okay all right um hi paul hi Jean, hi everyone um just a reflection on patience uh it seems f- for me whether let's say particularly patience towards myself but also patience with others something that hinders that it, it are some type of fixed view or expectation um that things should be different or otherwise or or um and that that kind of hinders a certain patience um when there's an expectation of something different or that feels really high a a high expectation um it seems like that hinders a capacity to learn or to um, kind of lean into um, a more patient cadence with what's happening, um, that's I also just wondered about the relationship between patience and equanimity um, it seems they feel related, so thank you.
1: I mean, I think that's a good link, Heather is a. Like...
2: Often patience can be a forerunner of equanimity, and that,
1: especially when when it has softened something within us. Often there's a a palpable sense of relief for us, and then we have that that mysterious thing that in English we call. A change of heart, you know, <laughs> that, that, that way in which something in us has shifted, and now how we're seeing something. And, and to me, it's dramatic when you've been seeing something and feeling something the same way for a long time, and then you have a change of heart, and you actually see it and feel it differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: I think it's a testimony to some capacity within us, you know, to both hold the view so thoroughly and then this wonderful uh, capacity
2: to release. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Paul,
0: can you see the hands that are raised?
1: Can I? No, I can't. I mean, how, um, Maria, I think just the host.
0: Katrina, Alan and Eddie.
1: Could you call on them, Jean? Because I know I, I wasn't aware of that.
0: Okay. So, uh, Katrina, would you unmute yourself?
4: Can you hear me? Um, yes. So thank you, Paul, for offering this wonderful class. Um, I, I I identified some sufferings that which I didn't really want to do, but you suggested in your notes, and and that's one thing. But what's happened just recently is something that's just breaking my heart a little bit. That um, you mentioned something about um, you. You can self-criticize yourself like as if you were a child of two or something, and really, what that child wanted was a hug. And you know, anyway, I, as a young mother, I, um, I felt like uh, one or two occasions, my uh, love was not unconditional. And it's you know, I, I just while we were sitting now, I just had tears come. Because I don't, I, I have this heavy on my heart, you know, it was just an isolated couple of incidents, really one, um, and you know, I was out of control and I wish I, I hadn't been and I can't, you talked all about, uh, you know, in Ireland somebody said about you just want to go back and change your past. And I can wishing for a better wishing for a better past. Right? Um, so I just I I don't have the skill. It seems like or the to know how to go. I I can't change the past, but I have a relationship with my daughter that I would like to feel, you know, on a even ground. Now I want to. I don't know how to do it though. I. It's affected me for so many years that I. It's difficult. It's really difficult, and I. Whenever I bring anything up to my daughter about it, she doesn't remember. But I mean, I can't imagine that she can't. And anyway, it doesn't even matter that she can't remember. It's it's the thing is I can't forgive myself. That's what it is, and it's I can't figure it out. I've been working for years trying to forgive myself, so. I I loved that patience, the third quality of patience I never thought of it before was forgiveness. And um so I have work to work with with patience and forgiveness. I just I just had to say that. Anyway, thank you for listening. Well
2: thank you, Katrina. And and, and, and sometimes the challenge for us is to, not to be pushing on something, you know? Like it something in the human
1: condition, when we sort of demand something of ourselves, um, often it, it, it makes it more challenging for us to respond in
2: that way. And, and, and sometimes it's skillful to just uh, stay with it,
1: you know? And, and how does it feel to not forgive myself, you know? Quite literally, you know? Is, is there a feeling of it in my body? Does my heartache, you know? Uh,
2: what kind of mental and emotional disposition does it create?
1: Of course, we would like to rush to the finish. We'd like to rush to
2: the desired outcome. But but sometimes the wisdom is step by step, you know? Making the contact, staying
1: in relationship, listening to that what's being contacted and how it is.
2: And, and let it work at its own pace. Yeah. Um. And, and, and often we may be thinking, oh, well, here's the outcome I want and discover a different kind of outcome arises and actually is very helpful. So it may be something to reflect on and explore. But thank you for your your heartfelt honesty and disclosure. Do you want to keep calling on people, Jane? Sure, uh, Maria, would you
0: unmute yourself?
5: Thank you very much, Jean, and thank you, Paul. And for everyone who is here, um, as I, I said before, this this uh, practice and coming together in a sangha with, with the dharmic teacher is like air and water for me right now. And um, I uh, really appreciate it this week, this teaching, because I discovered that um i used to have a belief that inherently people are either patient or not patient and that i i fall in the non-patient and that characteristic is just fixed in my character and cannot be changed and it gave me a opportunity to just check myself and see over the years. Has anything uh, changed? And I find myself, my ability to be patient has grown, and that it can grow with engaging it in a micro level and um, enrich my daily experience. And when I say micro level, I really mean micro level, like the s- small slowing down between. Uh, two steps of two places on my workstation or between my stove and my sink with the dishes Um, or in conversation, a text conversation with my brother where I'm also being challenged to not immediately have a mental response that's fixed or you know a thumb response that's uh uh, reactive and one of the places i discovered uh that i can focus and improve is in my spiritual practice in zazen when i come I find that I come with a certain expectation and my precondition is to come because I want to get something out of it and sitting is very much often a kind of uh, grinding of my teeth of just getting through the 30 minutes, or the 20 minutes, or the 10 minutes, or the five minutes, and soon enough, I am, you know, the cushion is under the bed and is never coming out. Um, and now I'm finding more and more that I, I am remembering, uh, and when I say remembering, that's, uh, you know, far and wide, but it is creating a positive loop of remembering to just uh, be available for my body sensations, be available for whatever is happening with my mind, be available for the world, be available for whatever wants to happen. Um, And even just in the last sitting here together, I was just noticing that that is on itself an enriching experience it increases my awareness and it enriches the joy in my experience even though it is my leg is cramping to feel that and to to see when would it be necessary to move is it necessary to move and when i move actually it's it's helpful because otherwise i just move and then you know, soon enough, I haven't moved and adjusted in a in a way that's actually helpful, and I have to move again. And soon enough, it's like, forget about this Zazen thing; it's, it's going nowhere. <laughs> um, so um, I also found the same the same disposition that is really helpful for me in another spiritual practice that i have that has to do also with breath a, a, an intensive breath work and i recently i have been showing up to sessions with i i am not gonna have the kind of experience that i had before and the kind of experience that everybody else is having and it's not going to be working for me um and I just changed my whole attitude that I'm just going to show up to be, to give my breath and my attention and my physical present to the greater whole and to a greater power of myself and, uh, and whatever happens will happen and having faith and trust that that in itself is a benefit to myself and to all beings. And I, um, I really find serenity and groundedness in that, so thank you.
3: Paul, you're on mute. I'm asking Sorry, you.
1: Sorry, what was that, Gene?
3: I was inviting you to unmute yourself. So, uh, we, have, we oh, still I- have four more people with their hands raised. Do we okay.
1: Two? So, let's let's go through the four. And and maybe if you you could be... Uh, no, just go, do, say what you need to say. Okay.
3: So, uh, Alan, you're first. Alan Lessig.
6: Thank you, Paul. Um, so, I have to say that this week I was... Uh, I had a different parameter I was working on, which was the parameter of impatience the entire week ah. and every and I was impatient even with your email because there was too much information in there and I couldn't exa- i that's been my entire week and it's been um very illuminating just to be in, recognize all of my impatience and the you know wanting the wanting everything wanting the end of the of COVID and the lockdowns and wanting justice in the world and wanting me to do the things I want to do. So um, yeah, so I'm very, I'm just, I'm living in that moment right now of just being with all of that paramita of patience. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, Alan. I love the way you put it as a paramita. That's uh, <laughs> a nice reframing uh, I hope it helps
0: <laughs> Eddie, would you go next?
7: Yeah,
1: sure.
8: <coughs> um, i was I was struck um, this maybe relates to I think it was had uh, of this relationship between equanimity and um, patience, but... I guess something in how, I feel as a word, patience just offers a slightly different framing, to something like acceptance or allowance or... And it's like, I, I feel like it's... So that slightly different framing this week and in, in just kind of having that, um, that framing floating around. It, it brought, yeah, it brought my attention to certain things that I feel like maybe words like acceptance or, or these other <laughs> framings might necessarily bring my attention to. Something of this particular way that I can resist or contract against my experience, what's happening in my life, and yeah, I'm really just appreciating the opportunity to be thrown something like thrown into an awareness that the, as much as I like it to at times, the world is not operating on my agenda, like, it's... Yeah, in the last training there was the the term, um, I've forgotten what word was used, but it but something in this openness and receptivity that is enabled and supported, I feel. I guess ultimately just in accepting what is, Um, but that, that there's a way that patience as a frame kind of. Yeah. I think that's it. Thank you for okay. the
1: encouragement. Thank and you, I I love the, the patient way you let your thoughts formulate themselves. Thank you.
0: Right, Gary, I have an unmute you. Uh,
7: thank you. Um, I'm a very slow, I'm a very slow learner. Things take quite a while for me to grasp, but in the last few days through this process of examining something very closely, and especially uh, Paul's insistence about the importance of loosening up and Releasing the the contractions, it <laughs> it, uh, it came through today. It, in the last few days, I really got what he's talking about. Maybe by accident. But uh, the example is, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very slow driver. And the kids around me say that the last time I passed somebody was they had a flat tire. Um, So, a lot of people honk at me and uh, hit their horns and uh, at intersections and at lights. And it's always been a source of irritation and aggravation and anger. But these these last few days, I've loosened up about that and it came to me that I asked myself, so, well, Gary, who's angry? Who is agitated? Who is who is irritated here? And it, it, for some reason, that loosened me up. And uh, I saw my ego as, as a factor or part of the problem. Um, yeah, this process of uh, discovery and exploration focused on one thing. Uh, is uh, a challenge to me but uh, i've made some small breakthroughs thank you
1: oh thank you gary okay
0: so glenda
2: would you like to speak
9: hello paul and jean um and everybody i'd like to um Thank You all for inviting me to this group today. I listened to the classes, uh, the recordings, because normally I'm working at this time of the day, but I had today off. So just thank you, everybody, for um, allowing me to join you. Um, the thing that's coming up for me about um, patients I had a couple of uh, situations this week, um, a situation at work where um, during this pandemic, new processes are arising and how we handle certain kinds of things. And uh, leadership had set a certain expectation. And in this particular situation, um, lower level management had kind of taken a a path that was different. And I was concerned about that. And and, um, in conversation with my coworker who was handling the situation, and it was interesting to me that, in the past, I would have become very impatient um, because I was concerned about the outcome, kind of the expectation that Heather had been talking about, and this time, I was able to be more relaxed and just talk through the scenario and and work it out. and that was in some ways kind of surprising to me. Um, and then. The other situation was over the weekend, I was part of Paul's workshop on path to wholeness and the whole weekend I was, um, well, basically fighting with my technology. <laughs> it was not not working for me to the extent that I ended up having to take my computer into um, the shop and have the technician look at it. And I just felt so incompetent and and such an idiot and it was so wonderful when i took it in because he was able to say well that's okay don't worry about it we have lots of this happening now lots of people are having to encounter technology that they didn't have to deal with before and it's new to them and and frightening and and they're having to learn and in those um experiences What's coming up for me is just so much gratitude and what a gift it is um, when we can be patient, when I can be patient with others and when I can be patient with myself and gratitude for those um, individuals in the past um, who have been patient with me um, and are able to allow me to experience what that gift is like uh, in my body. So,
2: thank you. Oh. Thank you, Glenda. Yeah. It's funny, when you
1: said that thing about technology, and I think probably almost all of us have had that experience, you know, where we can't figure something out, and we sort of take it personally. <laughs> how, how, how could I be so dense? Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, what I, I, I'd minute. like...
0: There's one more person.
1: Oh, okay, sorry.
0: Okay, Robert, you put your hand up. Do you like to speak?
6: Good evening, thank you. If I can come to... Um, the, to translate patients into Slovenian, in Slovenian language mm. this would link... It would link uh, to go along with suffering. Poterpiti. Can Can you see me, Paul?
1: Yeah, I, I'm searching through the list to see where you are, Robert. <laughs> Everybody else popped up on the on the on the main screen, and uh, yes, but but please. Oh, now I see you, Robert. Yes,
6: I was noticing you were looking at things. Yes. So anyway, yes. I would like to to offer this. Uh, this um, interesting uh, combination that arises from uh, from translation into patients actually in Slovenian is poterpežlivost, terpiti is suffering, and to go along with suffering is is a quality that actually you know brings you out of this conditional sort of reactiveness. So it basically, like uh, Eddie was uh, mentioning, equanimity, or it was mentioned before. It's, it's, as you pointed out, it's something, patience leads to equanimity, and, and if you, if you, if you are going along with suffering a little bit, you go beyond it, so you at least identify it. So the practice of patience was basically posing a lot, for me that this practice was, okay, deliberately, it's, it's important to actually be patient with, with yourself, with what you, deliberately want to do, this is what I was practicing last days. And also, of course, when it comes to relationships as well. So, that you don't react, that you take, take the relationship as it is, rather than actually what is expected to be. So anyway, it is somehow, mm. um, the etymology of uh, of the word in Slovenian actually um, brings these two qualities together. So. So, a little bit of suffering, and, uh, and of course, uh, having a view on it, and then if you have a view on it, you can be patient. Thank you.
7: Yes, yes.
1: Th- th- thank you, Robert. Sometimes I think of uh, patience, the, especially the initiation of patience, is a willingness to suffer, you know. And, uh, and often I refrain from saying that because it sounds so fierce, <laughs> Isn't that the last thing we want to do? <laughs> Isn't that why we're practicing so we can not suffer? Then we turn around and say, well, it's, it's uh, turning towards suffering and being willing to suffer. Uh, Maybe may a softer way is to say it rather than a kind of reactive no to the experience, to um, to turn towards a yes. Yes, this is what's happening. This is what's being experienced. Yeah. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit, and thank you everyone for your words. I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the next Paramita, uh, Virya. In, in Pali and Sanskrit, and uh, it, it it covers, um, it, it, to my to my understanding, uh, is is that um, the the core meaning w- would be closest to the w- the word energy, uh, but th- that energy has a kind of a continuum to it. Uh, you know, sometimes, we, we have a, a an experience of energy that arises spontaneously. You know, we, we we, uh, we experience something, we read something, we hear something, and we are enthused, we're inspired, you know. And, and there's a rising of energy, it, it's not something we uh, planned, or it just arises, you know, and and it's helpful to recognize and acknowledge that and to know that, like many things uh, that we're capable of as a human being, they're, they're sort of an innate qualities, and it's the complexity of our being that cut us off from them, or Sort of uh, lessen them, and and then the other side of it, an innate quality is it's hard to be deliberate or, or strategic in bringing it into being. You know, as I've said before, you know, even happiness, uh, it, it's hard to be deliberate in saying okay. I'm going to make myself happy right now. It, it's it's more of that we come into relationship with an aspect of who we are and what we are, and, and then we, in 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 that relationship, we, we discover something elemental about the human life. Uh, and and the process that that. Helps to unfold that energy, to release that energy, is is, is usually um, some kind of motivation, you know, a willingness, a willingness to engage, you know, and 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 I, I will write you a letter as I've been an email as I've been doing, and. And, and one of the first suggested practices is, um, what motivates you, you know? Uh, and I would say to you, even if that's mysterious to you, you know, even if you haven't considered that before, um, give it some thought, give it, give it some, um, Intentional consideration. You know? Look, like maybe a more mysterious uh, is version of the same thing is what inspires you, you with know? uh, this aspect of our practice that, that draws us into relationship if if we wanted to get look at the close workings of energy you know energy is engagement you yeah. know and and through the the um the disposition of our human conditioning you know usually we engage in what what we're motivated to be engaged in motivated by what we approve of, what we yearn for, uh, there's, there's some positive attribute in it that, that draws us a, a, into engagement. And in that engagement, there is an energetic enrichment. Okay. But actually, if we look a little bit more closely, we can see there's all sorts of engagement that happen, in, in our conditioning, anger can be energizing, you know, Uh, but it also has these other attributes, you know, usually it has a fixed view, usually it has an agitation or an aggression, you know, Uh, and in some ways we could say, all intense emotions, part of the character of them, is this energy. You know? uh, and then how we direct our attention, how we direct our engagement, it has a component of it that's energetic. You know? Like. It, uh, just reflect on the difference between doing a task you really enjoy, maybe you you look forward to doing it, know, yeah. uh, and then doing a task that you dread, that that you uh, you look f- you you anticipate doing it with with some chagrin or or, or dread, and, and how. Often, the task that you enthuse about, it feels like it gives you energy. And the task that you were reluctant or resistant to do, it, it demands energy from you. No? So another thing to look at. And, um, and of course, as, as we become conscious of this process, it it, it it starts to feel and, and, and starts to be experienced as less of just something being done to us. You know, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is wonderful. We start to see, oh, part of the wonderfulness of this is what it sparks in me and how I give over to this activity. You know? Or part of the terribleness of this is what it sparks in me and how I give over to that resistance or hesitation or whatever it is, the negative quality that arises there. So there's engagement and, and the, you might call the effort of engagement. And then there's the perseverance with that effort. And sometimes as we persevere, with the, the task, uh, the experience, something in a shifts, you know, we, we give over to it. Our our predetermined anticipation gives over to what we're doing. And sometimes we can find out, you know, oh, I dreaded doing that. Oh, but now that I'm into the middle of it, like, I, I find that um, the thought of doing my taxes is, is not uh, an attractive one. It, it's, I think of it as, as tedious and uh, time-consuming. But then, when I get into doing my taxes, uh, it doesn't feel so bad, it's just another task. It's just another thing to pay attention to, another thing to collect all the necessary little pieces of paper and then I just do it
2: uh,
1: the, the giving over huh? so the initial engagement, the perseverance, the giving over and and then the experience of this. interactiveness you know and then this this way in which so much of our life is either a dramatic version of this or just a barely noticed version and everything in between like when when something experienced you know like say many of us have, have come across experiences, sometimes accidentally, you know, I, I find many people, myself included, in nature, will, will come across a scene, or in the middle of a hike, or something, that just, um, pa- causes them to pause, and just open to what's happening, and there's a kind of energy release, you know, and often in that energy release, what's seen, what's smelled, you know, what's heard, has an enhancement to it. Mm -hmm. And then we do the same things relationally, you know, in interaction with someone else, you know, We, we can be intensely frustrated by an interaction. We, we can be utterly charmed, and deeply grateful for an interaction. There, there's an energy to it, either way. And, you know, in in, in, in our practice we say, we'll give attention to this. You know? It's like, intentionally bring an energetic relationship to this, you know? And, 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 part of our practice is, you know, okay, do this task and bring the energy of attention to it. Like, if you bring the energy of attention to tasting something, you know, like a, a wonderful experiment to, to do is the first bite of food you're going to eat. Bring as much attention and engagement to it as you can, and discover how it comes alive. How when it's energized, it's more vivid. The, 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 its its quality of being is more explicit. No. And then we can, uh, we can note in our life, like when you feel drained of energy, you know, and, and and sometimes it's physical, you know, especially if you've done a lot of physical exertion, but often it's not so physical, it's more, that you're mentally emotionally tired, you're mentally and emotionally drained yeah. and then you can reflect, mm, how was that previous activity? What was happening? How was it being engaged? Yeah. Or maybe after you've done something that you find a uh, pleasant, enjoyable, meaningful yeah and and reflecting oh and after that you know there's a buoyancy you know there there's mental energy there are there's a kind of um, a sense of well-being you know something nourishing has happened you know so the this is the character of energy you know and really we could say the yoga of meditation, the yoga of awareness, is coming into conscious relationship, with this innate capacity of being, this energy of being. In a way, it's a demanding thing to say, sit down, sit upright, and be present, for whatever arises, whether you like it or not, whether it makes sense to you or not, whether it was intended or accidental. And and what we discover as meditators is that anything and everything, when it's given attention, when it's given energy, its aliveness brings forth a quality of being. And so, I'll, I'll I'll write this up and offer you some suggestions as to how to work with it. But, but primarily, to try to notice, especially when you feel particularly energized, or particularly lacking in energy after some activity, or maybe even at the end of the day, Oh, I'm exhausted. What happened today? Uh, or, if at the other side, at the end of the day, you think, that was great, that was a great day, that was a great meeting. It was lovely having dinner with that person. Uh, oh, that was a horrible interaction. Uh, how is it related to it? Well, was, what was the texture the, the character of how it was related to, that made it one or the other. Yeah. So from the foundation offered by the first three paramitas, now we start to explore what is it to engage what's happening in an intentional way. So, um, and to just finish with the note of motivation, you know, in, in spiritual practice, to remind ourselves of what motivates us, you know, and to make the distinction between what you think should motivate you and what actually does motivate you, you
3: know
1: oh, I should be motivated by this. Well, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but then does it actually motivate you? No? And then this—the the other aspect of you might start meditating some morning or evening and not be so motivated, but as you persevere and give over to it, you might find an accumulating uh, energy, so that too. So intentional exploration of the energy of our being, it's always there, usually it's, uh, it's drawn into pleasant and unpleasant, Usually it accumulates around how we judge or assess the experience of the moment, whether we like it or not, um, how significant or important it is, and then this elemental component of it, that every interaction has energy. Okay, so thank you and I hope you enjoy, I hope you're energized by practicing with this Paramita. Okay, take care. Thank you.